Hey, this is Sharon Srivatsa. Welcome back to the Business School Podcast. And in this episode, I'm going to talk to you about guaranteed success, exactly the building blocks that can get you guaranteed success. There are five building blocks of guaranteed success. And based on how you sequence them in your life, you will get it much faster than anyone else. I give you the strategy, the tactics, and the exact how-to, breaking this down step-by-step, all starting right now. One thing is for certain, just because it's tried and true doesn't mean it's working right now. So the big question is this, where can you learn what is working right now? The strategies, the tactics, the psychology, and the exact how-to, how to grow your business, how to blow up your personal brand and supercharge your personal growth. That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Sharon Srivatsa, and welcome to Business School. Guaranteed success is a pretty bold claim, but whenever I think about guaranteed success or success in and of itself, I think about three things and how I can wrap my mind around these three things. Number one, success leaves clues. Success truly leaves clues. Number two, success loves speed. And number three, success has building blocks. Whenever I think about anything that I want to achieve, I ask myself, success leaves clues. Has anyone else done this that I can start to model? Number two, success loves speed. Should I have... Should I have a plan that waits 3, 5, 10, 15, 20, 40 years to get to financial freedom or to get to building a company? What can I do faster that will show me proof of concept and proof of success? And number three, success has building blocks, right? So what are the pieces that I need to have in place, like Lego blocks, so that I can build faster, I can build with more certainty? And this conversation will really be helpful to you because I came up with this idea uh, I want to record this episode for you after I was, as I was talking to one of my mentors. I remember this conversation and I was looking at my journal, actually. I remember this conversation. This is 20 years ago, by the way, 20 plus years ago. And I was talking to my partner now, mentor then, Peter Lowy. And Peter was telling me he had he's built an insane real estate empire with multifamily investments, industrial investments, single family flips and all of that. And I and all in like the luxury markets of California, none of these are cheap. And so I asked him, I was like, hey, Peter, how did you do this? Because for me, a 20-year-old, like starting down this path seems so difficult. Like I don't feel like I don't have the ability to get started. And he asked me something pretty amazing. He said, what is the one thing that if you had, this will not be challenging or stressful or unaccomplishable? And I said, capital. And he goes, okay. So we're just solving the capital problem. What he did, if you noticed, he isolated that idea. He said, if you just solve the capital problem, you'll feel better, right? Yes. And I said, okay. He goes, now, instead of talking about investing in real estate, let's talk about how you solve the capital problem. And I said, I don't understand. He goes, let's say you want to buy an investment property, right? And I said, cool. Uh, I wanted to, he's like, pick a number. I said, I want to buy a $100,000 investment property at a 1% rule that'll give me $1,000 a month in rent. He says, fantastic. He goes, how much do you need as a down payment to buy this $100,000 property? I said somewhere between, you know, 18 and 25,000, right? You go put roughly 18 to 25% down based on the loan product. And this was, this was, uh, you know, in the late 90s, early 2000s, right? So he says, all right, so now our job is to try to figure out how to get you $25,000 to buy your first investment property. And I said, yes. He goes, let's make a list of all of those things. And I started making this list and I kept making, I said, family and friends, I would borrow from people. You know, I would scrounge through my savings. I'd ask my parents. I would do all of that. And then finally he goes, 
what if you couldn't do any of these things? And I said, well, I don't know. That's when he said, that's when something interesting happened to me. I saw a uh, 100% uh, zero APR, no limit, 100% uh, zero APR cash advance if you get a new Amex card. So I got a new Amex card and I called them. They're like, hey, yeah, we can give you a cash advance on it for, at 0% APR. So I can't remember the exact numbers, but I borrowed something like uh, $18,000 on my on my card. Uh, they just wired the money to my account. Actually, they sent me a check. And then I had like $7,000. And so I put $25,000 by my first investment property in Mount Shasta, California. I've never been to see it. My friend was a real estate agent in Mount Shasta. It was roughly $100,000. I put $25,000 down along with closing costs and everything else. I got a loan for the rest. And that was the way I got my first real estate investment property. I bought it strictly with none of my money. I borrowed from credit cards, put the down payment in, then got the loan and then bought this property. Over, I held it for like two or three years. I I had made up, I didn't make a lot of money on it. And net net after it was done and sold, I think I made like seven or $8,000, maybe under $10,000 total on it. But the crazy part is I made $10,000 without putting a penny of my money in. And if you think about it, that was the beginning of me trying to understand how to successfully close how does success love speed? Because I could have waited till I had accumulated money. I could have waited and said, you know what? I start. I have $400,000 in my 401k. Maybe I'll touch this when I'm 65, but I was 20. Like, why do I wait 45 years to touch that when I could have done something right now? And I think that's really, really powerful because if for us, we have to figure out how to get guaranteed success. And today I'm gonna to tell you about the building blocks of guaranteed success. And here are the five big pieces. And I'm gonna go off my normal format, but I wanna give this to you raw and real because I want you to think about the idea that success can be guaranteed if you did a few things right. Success can be guaranteed if you did a few things in the right order. Success can be guaranteed if you follow the clues of the people that have already done it before. There is zero reason for us to reinvent the path. We just have to reinvent our own imagination of it. We just have to reinvent our own work ethic on it. We just have to reinvent our own commitment to it. You don't have to reinvent the path. You just have to reinvent your approach to it, right? So here are the five pieces. How do you actually get guaranteed success? So five pieces. Piece number one is you have to get clarity. You have to get clarity. And I, I think that sounds really basic and broad to talk about, but let me explain what I mean by this. Imagine your life was a company. Imagine your entire life was a company and you needed an investor to launch your life, launch your company. What would you put in that deck? What would you put in that deck of saying, here's my life that looks like a company. Here's what I'm going after. Here's what I'm trying to do. We need ultra clarity because if we don't have clarity, we're just gonna always return to our familiar past. We're just gonna always say, hey, I need $100,000 a year to live. So I'm gonna go get a $100,000 a year job and that's gonna be my life. Now, I'm not poo-pooing that at all. Like that was, that was how I started. I just had changed the clarity of what I wanted. But when you change clarity, you change hassle, you change risk, you change all of that as well, right? There's a huge level of clarity that you need. I want to give you a quick example around this. So I was talking to an amazing estate planning attorney and he was telling me about, you know, how putting the new estate plan together for my family was, you know, a challenging thing. And I said, why? He goes, Sean, assume that you and ET are in the middle of this plan. You've got children, you've got, they have, you know, they may have families, you've got, you know, other dependents, et cetera. If we put you all in the middle and something happens to you, once you disappear, all the other pieces of the puzzle start to go away, start to disappear too. They go their own ways. If you want to bring the family together, you got to make sure to do one thing. You got to pull yourself out of the middle and you got to put the core values of your, of your family in the middle. 
Like, think about that for a second. They ask us to remove ourselves from the middle. We are not the nuclear family. Our values are. They put us, it put our values in the middle. And then everything that we build from an estate plan perspective, from a family dynamics perspective, from our values for our children perspective, from a, how our trustees will take care of our, our kids perspective, if something were to happen to me, how my wife would run the family perspective, whatever, or the other way around, that's the really crazy part, right? Um, but the values need to run everything. And that was a big shift because now I didn't need clarity on my life. I needed clarity on our values because once we did that, everything starts to come to life because that ends up being a filter for everything that we do. Andrew Howell is his name and you should, you should definitely look him up. This was also very similar in our past company when we ran our business called Tells Properties. We took the business, you know, from, we grew at 10X in five years and sold the business to Douglas Elliman out of New York. The crazy part about it is the clarity of what we wanted did not change for a full five-year period. It was a, hey, how do we 10X the business in five years? And that was the clarity. The clarity was there. Now the path was not always visible, but the clarity was always there. And that was super, super important for us. So the question for you right now is, if you're thinking about getting guaranteed success, guaranteed success on what? What defines that success? What do you know when you wake up in the morning that you have achieved that? There's a great phrase that my friend Dean Jackson uses, and he says, fill in the blank. I know I'm being successful when blank. I know I'm being successful when blank. He actually made a list of the 10 things that are happening in his life when he knows he's being successful. Could we do the same thing for you? Now, if you don't do that, then how are you going to guarantee the success? How are you going to wake up in the morning? And even if you have achieved everything that you've achieved, how will you know that you've achieved what you wanted to achieve? Because we always look at the gap. You know, there's a great uh, concept of the gap and the gain by Dan Sullivan. He always says we look in the future and we see this gap of the things that we're trying to accomplish and the horizon seems farther and farther away. We always wake up and we look at this gap. No matter what we've accomplished yesterday, we turn around and look at the gap of tomorrow, right? And that's okay. But the problem is, if you don't have a sense of what that gap is, and you can't turn around and see the gain that you've made, then how will you know that you've achieved guaranteed success? Like, I'll give you a very, very simple example before I get to the next topic. I was talking to my money coaches, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. And Russ and Joey were like, hey, Sharon, so how do you know you have achieved financial success? How do you know you've achieved financial freedom? And I said, well, when I hit blank number. And they're like, well, what does that blank number do? And I said, well, the bank number just ensures that I can wake up in the morning and I don't have to, you know, don't have to worry about my lifestyle or my family, et cetera. They're like, oh, so what you what you want to take care of is your monthly expenses, right? And I said, well, kind of. They're like, well, what else do you want to take care of? I said, well, I just want to make sure that I don't have to depend on trading time for money. They're like, uh-huh, great. So the definition of financial success or financial freedom is where your passive income is greater than your monthly expenses, right? Passive income being where you don't trade time for money. Now, if that is the goal, at least I know that that is my guaranteed success. That is where I know that is my successful benchmark. When I reach a point where my passive income is greater than my monthly expenses, I know that I'm financially free. Now there's technically, there's nothing you should need to do on top of that. If my monthly expenses were $10,000 a month and my passive income was $11,000 a month, I am financially free, by the way, the number of people that actually have that is not only in the minority, it is almost negligible. It is so hard. The billionaire next door makes $3 million or what have you, but they have to trade time for money. They have to keep working. They have to keep looking at the gap, right? But how do you define the clarity? And the clarity was really helpful to me because I was like, ah, the way I get financial freedom, the way I can quote retire is when my passive income is greater than my monthly expenses. That clarity is important for everything that we do. So if there's something that you're stressed about right now, I'm telling you, 
that the reason why you have this anxiety is you've not made a decision and not had pure clarity on what the outcome is that you want. Now, you may not be able to get the outcome that you want, but at least you know the clarity of the outcome that you want. If you want $450 billion, I understand that, but why? What is the clarity around it? Why do you need that? If soon as you can establish the why you need that around it, the whole world will conspire to get that for you. And the reason we don't have that is because the reason we don't have the clarity. The clarity, once you hit it, would be so ultra simple that you'll actually knock yourself in the head and be like, wow, why didn't I know this sooner? That is the building block number one of how do you get guaranteed success is to get clarity. Number two is the elimination of obstacles. There is more hassle and pain in our lives that is keeping us, us from the things that we want than anything else. And this is all about what I call the not to-do list. Whenever someone tells me, hey, you know, Sharon, I'm trying to figure out what I want, I will actually flip it. You know, it's called inversion. It's a great Charlie Munger idea. The inversion idea around this is when someone tells me I'm not sure what I want, I say, well, great, let's, let's be very clear about what you don't want, right? If you can make a list of everything that you don't want, just making sure that you achieve everything on the list of what you don't want is great clarity. Most people will not make a what I don't want list. In fact, I will tell you, though, you, what you don't want list is way easier. You can say, hey, I don't want to be poor. I don't want to, like, worry about where my next you know, paycheck comes from. I want to make sure my kids go to a great school. I don't want to make sure my kids are left on the street. Whatever it may be, I, what I don't want list is way easier to articulate than your what you want list. Because you always put judgment on what you want, and you never put judgment on what you don't want. If you want to get clarity in something, if you want to guarantee your success, start with the what I don't want list. And the sooner you can build your what you don't want list, it gets very, very fun. The interesting part about all of that too is when you can make a what you don't want list, you also know the things that you don't want to do on a day-to-day -day basis. And that's the stuff that you know right away that you're like, hey, when my income grows from X to Y, which is higher, I'm going to outsource this part. So you may say, man, I, I, it's really hard for me to come home and take care of the children and drive them to soccer practice and make them food. All right, cool. What don't you want to do? I don't want to be driving. I don't want to be stressed driving my children. I want to make sure they're comfortable to get there and I want healthy food. So what, what is, that's on your don't want list. Awesome. So what does that mean that we need to do? We need to get to a certain level of income so that we can either carpool or we can have a chauffeur that drives our kids to soccer. And we have somebody that is a chef that comes home and prepares meals for the kids. If you did that, would your life be better? Well, if you had unlimited money in the world, would you do that? Yes. Well, why would you, why, why do you judge yourself that, that right now? So if you said instead, well, I want to have a chauffeur and I want to have a chef, that feels judgmenty. But if instead you said, hey, I don't want my kids to be in this way and I don't want to be stressed out making the food, now you have a good don't want list. And elimination of all the obstacles will get you to success way faster. We feel like we have to judge ourselves when we say that we want something. That's why we don't actually write it in our journal or write uh, goals around it because we're, we feel that every time we come up with a goal, it feels judgy. And we don't want to do that. That's why I suggest writing a what you don't want list. This is the same as the not to do list. I'll give you an example of this. About five years ago, I realized I was spending, getting so much time and so much stress whenever I opened my phone and looked at the news, et cetera. So I went on a news detox. I only was going to do it for one year, but it took me like 18 months to actually get rid of all news in my life. As of today, this has been like, you know, five plus years. As of today, I have no news in my life. Now, you may think that's irresponsible, and I somewhat understand that. But day to day, if, some, if I need to know something, you know, people will surface it to me. We run a public company. Like, I know I, I'm aware of news, but I don't actually go and solicit the news. Like, I don't watch TV. I don't watch the news. I don't watch sports. So I gave up all my fantasy football leagues. I don't want, you know, I, I, don't, I don't have news on Twitter or Facebook, et cetera. So don't get any of those in my feed. 
uh, we don't have cable TV, so I don't watch, we don't leave the news on in the morning. Like a lot of people wake up and turn on CNN. We don't do that. Now, that's because we made a choice that I didn't want that distraction because most of the news was negativity. Now, you may not like that or like that, but I don't care. The, the point is, I chose to eliminate the, that obstacle of time and stress uh, for my life. And I did it. And it took me 18 to 24 months to do that. As soon as I did that, it created a whole new sense of calm and capability for me. And it got me to achieve way more. So now I I was returned 15 to 20 hours a week to my life without any stress around it. That's what's super important, right? The number two is elimination obstacles. So what is in the not to-do list? What is in the don't want list? If you don't have that, if you don't have a not to-do list or a don't want list, like you'll never achieve great greatness because you'll always have things in your life that you're too afraid to get rid of that you actually don't like and don't want, which is wild to me, by the way. And here's number three, which is focus. So we all know this, but we don't embrace it. There is a very, very clear Pareto principle of 80-20. There is um, 80% of the, quote, success that we get in our lives comes from 20% of the effort that we put in. Most of the stuff that you do at work, 20% of the time that you, what you do is actually what's beneficial. The 20% of the effort that you put in and marketing is what gets you 80% of the results. We all know this, but the, the thing that we're afraid to do is to look and uh, identify what that 20% is. Our job should be constantly identified what that 20% is because we know the other 80% is not as not the highest bang for your buck. So the biggest part of focus is focus is one of the highest forms of intelligence. Focus is one of the truly highest forms of intelligence. And the key part about focus is it helps us prioritize. Now, let me give you the etymology, the root of the word priority. Priority was it, the, the, the root of the word, it's singular, a priority, right? Priorities is plural. It did not exist until like 25 years, 30 years ago. So we took a singular word and made it plural. We essentially said, we bastardized the word. We said, hey, the entire purpose of this word is priority to show singularity of focus. What we have said is, oh, our priorities are these 17 things. And so now, since we have made a priority to be more than one thing, we think then we can shove as many things as we want into the priorities, right? So the way I, for myself, structure these priorities is, as, as I'm sharing with you, is I do priorities over time. And I have this idea called the growth grid. And the growth grid, I'll actually describe it to you. And then maybe you can put it together for yourself. So think about a grid, like a, um, it's a piece of paper, right? And it's got five columns five columns and uh, call it five rows. Each column, columns two, three, four, and five are Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4. The first column is just the thing that you're going to do. So let's say the first row is health. In health, what is your Q1 priority? What is your Q2 priority? What is your Q3 priority? What's your Q4 priority? In money, what's your Q1 priority? What's your Q2 priority? What's your Q3 priority? What's your Q4 priority? In relationships, what's your Q1 priority? What's your Q2 priority? What's your Q3 priority? What's your Q4 priority? Now, when you look at this grid, you start to realize, okay, I don't have to do everything for the whole year in December. I know that I'm only going to focus on these three to four things this first quarter. And once I nail them, I get to focus on these next four. At the end of the year, you're going to be so amazed at this insane progress that you have achieved in each of the big categories of your life. That will blow your mind. Because what we forget is that we want to shove priorities. We set so many priorities for ourselves. And then we give ourselves the pass that, oh, since there were so many priorities, I, I'll i get to them later. But when you only have one 
key priority per quarter, it gets really, really fun. So uh, focus is the highest form of intelligence. And if you just did that and had a structure for it, you will get guaranteed success. All right, that's number three. Here's number four. Uh, I call this elevated accountability. And <laughs> let me explain exactly what this means. We want to talk about whether you have activity partners or accountability partners. I'll give you an example. Let's say you're a real estate agent and you live in New Jersey and you find a, and you are thinking about doing role plays and you want to make sure you get your language patterns right and your objection handlers right. And you now talk, you, you find an accountability partner and a role play practice partner in Boston. That person is not your accountability partner. That person is your activity partner, right? They are doing certain activities with you. That's all. That's all it is. Now, whether you got better or you got worse, whether you finished a project or didn't finish a project, that person doesn't care and you don't care either. Worst case scenario, you just go your separate ways. That's they're just activity partners. If I go on a hike with somebody, they're my activity partner. If I don't show up on the hike, they're not getting mad at me and I'm not getting mad at them. But that's the difference between an activity partner and an accountability partner. Who's an accountability partner? What is accountability? What is true accountability? True accountability is the relationship with somebody that you don't want to let down. If I promise my mentor that I'll have my 2024 business plan done, you know, by December 1, I there he doesn't care, but I care because I don't want to let him down. Most of us don't have a relationship of accountability where we don't have a relationship with somebody that we are afraid of letting down. That is the true heart of accountability. Now, I know it sounds and feels weird, but that is what accountability is. You're accountable to something that is that is bigger and badder, when I say badder, bigger and more badass than you, right? You don't want to let somebody down. There's a deep personal connection to that. So I, I want us to audit our lives where you're like, what are the activity partners that we have or the activities that we do? And what are the accountability partners? You want the activity partners because the activity partners allow you to do the things mechanically to get you success. But the accountability partners are completely different. The activity partners help you do the work. The accountability partners help you change your life. That's the big difference. But you need both of them to actually work together. So that's number four, elevated accountability. We want... We want to have people in our, in our lives that we don't want to let down because that forces us to perform at a significantly higher level. Here's number five, uh, bolt out to other people's thinking. And what I mean by that is uh, most people that have, that create ad content, package ideas, et cetera, like if people that write books, build courses, do seminars, have, have a superpower. They spend a lot of their time thinking about the world and create, making the complex simple for us. So I'll give you an example. I spent several hours thinking about what would be valuable for you. And I compressed a lot of my thoughts and I made this podcast for you. Well, I just didn't make it up out of thin air, right? I stopped to think about it. The interesting part about that is that is my definition of content. Different people think about content differently. So if I asked you, what is content? And if you can't define it, you don't know how to produce it. If you say, oh, content's just making videos about videos about what? Why? How? Should you make it more? Should you make less? What is it? And the reason why people don't make good content for their niche is that they don't have a good definition of content. So I'll give you mine, which is just mine. My definition of content is organizing my ideas and experiences for the benefit of others. That's what I'm doing here. I'm taking my ideas and my experiences and I'm organizing it for the benefit of you. That's why this is important because I can take 10, 20, 30 years worth of ideas and experiences and combine that into a 20 minute episode for you. If someone has written a book, they take a lifetime worth of experiences and write one book that combines all their experiences. When you take one course, they take they take all the stuff that is important and give it to you in the right sequence of things. The key part about all of this is that 
one of the things that is so important is here is that I eliminated all the things that were unnecessary and fluffy and only included the things that were necessary for you to know. Again, the 80-20 principle. I eliminated the 80% that was not necessary and only gave you the 20% that was necessary. That's what great books do. That's what great courses do. That's what great, great seminars do. In fact, some of the best presentations in the world are TED Talks, right? Because in a TED Talk, you are on a, on a world stage and you have to deliver something amazing. So these people take, you know, call it 10, 20, 30 years of life experiences and ideas and combine them into a one 12 to 15 minute talk. If there's anything that you and I could do, if, if we just watched one TED Talk every day for the, for the next 10 years, we will have more knowledge about humanity than anyone else because there's so much that is distilled in such a short, in such a beautiful way. I love this idea only because whenever I interview an author or interview a course creator or interview a TED speaker or sit down in the back of the room and watch a keynote presenter, what I see is that they have the ability to organize ideas really well. They have the ability to understand 80-20, what is important, what is not important. And they have the ability to take the complex and make it simple. That is super, super important. Like I'll give you an example. I take a lot of pitches, as in startup company pitches, et cetera, from a lot of companies in our space. Now, the reason I do that is because somebody, an entrepreneur, has looked at the environment and said, ah, in all of this ecosystem, this part is broken. This part is broken for this XYZ reason. And I'm going to build a company that can solve that. Now, I like that thinking because to, to be able to identify a problem, you have to know the full ecosystem. You have to know all the how the pieces work. It's not just an isolation of the problem. It is isolating the problem in the midst of all the other noise. And I love talking to these entrepreneurs because they have thought through all the questions. They've thought through all the fluff. They've thought through all the pieces. They've thought through all the pain around it. And I want to be in the presence of, the think, of that thinking because now that singularity of focus around that helps me think about my life and my business significantly better. Because now I'm taking, I'm bolting on to other people's thinking. When I started this episode, I told you about guaranteed success. And for success, there's three big principles for me. Number one, success leaves clues. Number two, success loves speed. Number three, success has building blocks. And this was the five-part building blocks that I wanted to share with you. Number one, clarity. Uh, what is the level of clarity that you need in your life? It can be so specific that you can put out a bumper sticker. Number two is elimination of obstacles. What is the, it's not just about what's on the to-do list. It's about what's on the not to-do list. Number three is the focus. You know, get the focus is one of the highest forms of intelligence. So you got to get the growth grid in place. Number four, elevated accountability. It's not just having an activity partner. It's having an accountability partner, someone you don't want to let down. And number five, bolt onto other people's thinking. Because when other people have spent all their lives summarizing idea, you can, you can get on the back end of it and get great success from it. Hey, so I, I hope this was helpful. Before you do anything, I know you can try to like and subscribe. And if you do all that, I really appreciate it. But I make this stuff for you in the, in a vacuum. I have no idea if you like it, enjoy it, appreciate it. It's worthwhile, worthwhile or helpful for you. So can you just take a quick screenshot of this episode and just tag me and say, hey, that was good. I like that. that. That concept was interesting. I shared this with my team. Whatever you say will be helpful to me because I don't have a feedback loop here. And I want to make things that are beneficial for you. So please take a screenshot tag me. That way I'll know that uh, I can make more like this or less like this for you. Remember, however you slice it, greatness is a choice. And uh, thank you for being on with me and I'll catch you in the next one. Hey, Sharon, I have a cool gift for you. Since you like this podcast, I actually have an ultra super secret private podcast that I make 
just for my partner companies and the CEOs and influencers that I advise. It's called 10K Wisdom because I try to wrap $10,000 worth of value in every single episode in just under 10 minutes. That's why it's called 10K Wisdom. It's raw, it's real, it's got no intro or outro or anything like that. It's just straight to the point and to the insights. Since you like this podcast, I think you will like that. So for the first time, I'm making it available to you. Just go to 10kwisdom.com, the number 10kwisdom.com, and my team will activate it for you as my gift. Go to 10kwisdom.com. I'll see you there.